Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We are just flying through the work week. It's December 13th, 2023, in time for the morning rush. I have some entertainment news to get to. Uh, I guess some of it might be considered political. It's just uh, it's just the world we live in. Talk a little bit about Bud Light. I got your top 10 Christmas songs. A Survivor winner who donated all of their earnings to charity. Isn't that nice during this year? And some other stories to jump to today. First one being home ownership rates for millennials uh, have come in at 26% lower than baby boomers. I now understand why I'm in the process of buying my first home, which I guess would be considered kind of late in life, uh, being that I'm 38. But, you know, I mean, anyone in my position understands how ridiculous it is out there. You know, it's like triple the cost than it was like even five or six years ago with all the interest rates and this and that. Uh, but this article just came out, which is pretty interesting. Home ownership rate for millennials, significantly lower than that of their parents' generation at the same time, standing at about 52% for millennials age 27 to 42, compared to 70% for Gen Xers and 78% for baby boomers. Now, look, I, here's what I understand. People get real triggered when you talk about generational differences, like how millennials have it hard right Right now, you know, going into the Great Recession of the 2007s uh, and then this current, you know, obviously p- coming out of the pandemic and this and that. But it's a wild time. They're showing that millennials hourly wage for a certain time is uh, equates to $24.92 an hour compared to $28.79 for Gen X and $34.58 for baby boomers. My guess is, is this is accounting for inflation because I know a lot of baby boomers were like, well, when I was your age, I only worked for $15 an hour. And we're like, yeah, but you could buy a home for that. You know, that was nice. Uh, wages have certainly gone up uh, to some degree, but uh, a runaway in home prices. And I've seen some bills that are being uh, put through or, or, or attempted to go through Congress that might limit the amount of corporate money that can come into housing. You know, you know, it's just, hey, I'm not running for president here, but I believe that housing should be considered, um, you know, an essential need, you know, uh, us habitating in this great country of ours. But as we've talked about a lot in the past and we'll continue to talk about, it's, it's hard out there for those that didn't have the ability to get in at a certain time. It's not one of those pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work harder. No one works harder than the current generation. You know, no one where, you know, multiple jobs, freelance culture, side hustles, this, that, and the other. But I'm here to say that, uh, boy, it is not easy trying to go prove my earnings. They're like, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, you know what podcasting is? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, I do that twice a day. They're like, does that pay? Well, yeah, sure. It's great. All right. So anyway... Uh, some other stories to get into. I'm going to cover some Bachelor Nation news. I'm going to go into uh, the new couple, Brayden and Christina. They're on the hot seat as people want to know uh, a lot about their relationship since there are no other relationships left in the Bachelor world. Speaking of my relationship, though, uh, yesterday my wife and I went to our 20-week checkup for our baby boy. Uh, it's getting real. We This time, this was the first time on the ultrasound we could see like a little baby spine and um, we could see his little pee-pee for the first time, which was kind of nice. I'm like, hey, that's 
that's my guy. That's who that is. And uh, I don't know if he was like kicking or whatever. We have yet to feel uh, what I guess they call flutters, which is, I guess, what you feel before you feel like full on movements. We have yet to feel that. My wife's always like, was that a flutter? And I'm like, I don't know. We just had Taco Bell. Is it a flutter or Taco Bell? We're at that stage where we're really not sure. We'll have this um, vlog up probably this weekend, but uh, we vlogged it and, uh, you know, I surprised my wife. We decided not to do Christmas this year, which, if you know us, is ridiculous because we love Christmas. Uh, But we're going to be moving, hopefully, two weeks after Christmas. So why unbox all these things and then box them back up? Well, I surprised her today with a trip by the Christmas tree farm. We picked up a Christmas tree. I said, you know what? Damn it, I'm saving Christmas. And we are doing just that. So if you want to see the joy in her face, it's so easy to make my wife cry right now. She, I don't know if it's the emotions, the hormones or whatnot, but um, she was uh, tearing up at the thought that we are not going to abandon Christmas, even though, you know, oh, you know, it's one of those things. We got a 26 foot uh, U-Haul we're trying to pack and it's like uh, last thing we need to do is be uh, unboxing ornaments. But here we are, folks. Here we are. All right. Here's who's not going to be unboxing ornaments together. And that is John Henry and Kat Izzo. They're relationship has ended, but he has had said some very nice things about his relationship. As we know, Kat uh, Izzo has come under fire from her season on Bachelor in Paradise. And as always, I'm one to defend those that get a bad edit. And you might say, but she actually said those things. I don't care. I don't care what people say on the show. A lot of things are said in duress. I actually interviewed uh, Pardeep and Cassidy Timbrooks over the weekend for Driving with Dave. Pardeep was from Michelle Young's season, Cassidy Timbrooks from Caitlin, excuse me, from Clayton Eckert's season. And they both said the same thing in that a lot of times the producers will just keep you in the confessional till you say something interesting. So they uh, they hype you up when you start saying things that might be a little bit um, uh, aggressive and this and that. And Kat uh, was the personality type that played to the lowest common denominator. And look, I'm not here to defend her so much as just say, guys, you got to calm down. We got to, I say this so often and, and it's almost like every season people go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave so-and-so a bad rap. Yeah. Brayden's not a bad guy after everyone hated Brayden. Yeah. Greg Grippo's not a bad guy after everyone hated Greg Grippo. Yeah. Thomas isn't a bad guy after everyone hated Thomas. When are we going to learn that it's not about being good or bad. It's about how people handle certain environments. Well, I tell you what, credit to John Henry for how he's handled his breakup with Kat Izzo. Here's what he just posted moments ago. He said, thanks again for all the kind words. And for those who have nothing nice to say based on what was shown on an edited reality dating show, just know I don't feel that I made a mistake choosing Kat Izzo. I never watched this back and second guess things. I fell for the real Kat Izzo. The cat who always put my feelings first and did everything she could to make this work. The cat that a lot of people truly know, but unfortunately, the cat that Bachelor Nation doesn't know. Although we decided to go different paths, you are an amazing woman and someone will be very lucky to have you. Keep being you, keep accomplishing all your goals and enjoy this next chapter in your life in San Diego, working as a nurse practitioner. So uh, that's good to see John Henry not playing into the caddy fights that exist out there. Now, yesterday, I made a video that was Live Olivia versus Cat Izzo. Olivia exposed some DMs at Cat Center. And I was like, look, I just don't think, I don't think that we need this from contestants. Now, does it make good content for me? Yeah, absolutely. But some people said, oh, Dave, you've got it against Olivia. And it's like, nope, you can watch my track record from this whole season. I've enjoyed Olivia kind of commenting and narrating how the show goes down. 
But, you know, give her a, give give Kat a little grace, especially if she doesn't deserve it in your mind. And remember that during the holiday season. Give that family member that doesn't deserve your grace a little bit of it. It doesn't mean you need to be best friends with them and go shopping with them and sing Kumbaya and do Christmas caroling. But just know everyone is struggling with something and you might not know what it is, but everyone's trying the best that they can out there. All right. Well, I'm going to get to this Brayden and Christina story and then we'll have our top 10 Christmas songs of 2023 right after this. Well, it's not all exes and breakups. We actually have the hard launch from Michelle Young of her new boyfriend just in time for the holiday season. Uh, she had already kind of mentioned him, so I don't know if this counts as a hard launch because she doesn't say his name. I mean, you know, semantics on what's a hard launch and what's not. But either way, she made a cute little Christmas-themed reel driving through the snow, and uh, the title of her reel said, Making Every Day Feel Like Christmas. Well, let's hope he can unbox a Christmas gift for her, and they have a happy, happy happy season. Following uh, December 11th, which was, I guess, the biggest breakup day of the year. They passed that at least. Uh, so good for them. And uh, I tell you what, let's get back into the mood of things. I'll play your top 10 Christmas songs. Uh, just a reminder, this actually isn't your top 10 Christmas songs of this year. These are a top 10 best Christmas songs in history. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to share them with you. Again, you might agree or disagree. We've played one of them ad nauseum, but I'm going to play. Here it is. Top 10 best Christmas songs in history. Top 10 best Christmas songs in history. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, number 10. Bobby Helms singing Jingle Bell Rock, number 9. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. This is Andy Williams, the number eight, singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. This is Wham! coming in at number seven, singing Last Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. At number six, we have Let It Snow by Dean Martin. I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me Number five is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee I'm caroling Number four, Questionable Choice Underneath the Christmas Tree by Kelly Clarkson I didn't make the list Number three, Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. Oh, this list sucks. All right, number two, uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. And up next, the number one Christmas song of all time. Coming up next. Michael Bublé singing Holly Jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, say hello to friends. Top 10 okay, so by the way, this was terrible. Did you agree or disagree with that list? I just found it online, but I wanted to see what somebody's top 10 Christmas was. I didn't hear a ba doo ba doo bo 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 ba doo ba doo ba doo bo bo do ba I'm dreaming of a white boat, boat, Christmas, do, 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 just like the ones I used to know, boat, boat, do, 
Okay, oh, that's a horrible song. Hey, I tried my best, acapella. Come on, I'm not good. Don't judge me on my Christmas songs. I'm going to get a one-star review. Oh, Dave's Christmas song choices were wrong. One star. <laughs> you know, you just can't win. Either way, let me know. Uh, send me a DM if there's any Christmas songs you want me to play that you haven't heard yet. I'd love to hear from you. And during the Christmas season, we're all about new relationships. And boy, Brayden Bowers and Christina Mandrell are having quite the uh, runoff. Now that we had Bloody Monday, which was the three couples from Bachelor in Paradise that all announced their breakups. The last couple standing is Brayden Bowers uh, with Christina Mandrell, who wasn't even on the season. So here's a question from BachelorNations.com. Uh, they said, Hi, Brayden. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. We're so excited that you and Christina have found love together. Can you walk us through how you two connected and what your relationship has been like? Brayden said, Yeah. Okay, so in the early fall, after I was home from Paradise, uh, Christina Mandrell commented on a couple of my Instagram posts. I didn't respond right away, but then I saw a cute Instagram story of her and her daughter, Blakely, and I responded to her story. I specifically responded to a story of her with Blakely because I wanted to subtly let her know that having a daughter isn't something that scares me away. Her being such a good mom is actually something I'm attracted to. So then we started talking on Instagram, and shortly after we exchanged phone numbers, she lives in Nashville and I live in San Diego. So we started by just texting. Then our first FaceTime call was over four hours. Oh boy, Braden's putting in the work, my guy. From there, he says, we talked like that for a week or two, and we realized we had so much in common and liked all the same silly things, like Tenacious D. <laughs> What a stupid song. That's Jack Black's uh, band. She, and uh, by the way, good credit to them for liking Tenacious D. It's amazing. She was like, I actually have tickets to see them next week in Nashville. And I asked if I wanted to go see them with her. I ended up buying a ticket to go see her, meet her in person and go to the show. It was amazing. She had to pick me up incognito at the airport. And it was the funniest thing ever. We just instantly clicked. We had been talking for a couple of weeks, but there was no awkwardness at all in person. And we just flowed the entire time. And then asked what happened after the trip. Brayden says, it was an amazing trip. From there, we just started doing long distance and FaceTiming. We also went back and forth to visit each other in California and Tennessee. I can't really explain it any other way than from the moment I met Christina, I knew it was different. Felt like I was already in love with her. It was kind of crazy. My relationship with her was immediately unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I didn't want to rush into it too soon, though, or scare her. I was trying not to come on too strong and play it a little cool. But then the boat accident happened. Oh, this is where it gets interesting. Oh, my gosh. I've heard this story in person. It's absolutely wild. So if you guys don't know, literally, Braden Bowers almost died. I've covered this story ad nauseum before we had the morning rush, but he went on a boat trip where the boat sank miles offshore, just so you guys know. So here's the question. Uh, Bachelor Nation interviewed him and says, when you and Aaron Schwartzman had a near-death experience after your boat sank off the coast of San Diego, how did that change your relationship with Christina? Braden said, yeah, well, we almost died. When I was out there, stranded in the water for over three hours, I was just thinking about the people I I loved in my life. I thought about my family and how they knew I loved them, but there was one thing that really stood out and upset me. I had one big regret, and it was that I didn't tell Christina that I loved her. I was trying to follow this timeline and stay on the traditional relationship escalator, but it was just the one thing sticking out in my head that I didn't get a chance to say. So when we got rescued, the first thing I did was borrow my dad's phone. Mine was at the bottom of the ocean, so I could call Christina. 
I told her, I just had this life-changing experience, and I know it may be early, but I had to tell her that I loved her and had these strong feelings. Without skipping a beat, she was just like, I love you too. It was the first person I called, and I just sat on the phone, and we talked for hours. Then by the end, I was like, oh, wait, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> like we weren't officially, and it all felt out of order, though we both knew that this was way more than a regular fling. So it was kind of weird to say I love you first and then ask her to be my girlfriend because I know it's supposed to go the other way around. But honestly, I didn't care at that point. The next day, she got a flight out to see me and spend time with my family. My mom immediately loved her. She pulled me aside after meeting her with tears in her eyes and was like, I actually actually really love this girl, Brayden. It was a big deal for me because my mom doesn't cry often and she's never said that about anyone I've dated. Wow, guys, this is such an amazing story. I tell you what, I'm going to cover this story and it's, I've only read a piece of it. I'm going to cover this story in its entirety on today's YouTube channel. So as I like to do in the morning rush hour, sometimes I'll show you stories I'm working on, things I might want to cover, some things I don't, you know, it's kind of like uh, YouTube's almost, this is almost like SparkNotes version and then YouTube, we can go in deeper. And you know, sometimes on YouTube, I decide a uh, story's worth it and sometimes I don't, but this sounds amazing. All right, let's go to a quick and funny story. This is actually from the subreddit made me smile and this guy was explaining what it's like to you know uh possibly try on his wife's clothes for the first time uh you're gonna love this one have a listen fellas i had something happen to me this morning and i want to share it with you guys i woke up and i looked all over my damn house for my long johns i did this because my phone said it was going to be 37 degrees when i went to work this morning i looked viciously through my house for my long johns to no avail what I did happen to stumble across was my wife's police line leggings. When I tell you I will never slide another pair of itchy long johns across my glorious ass cheeks again, these police line leggings are like wrapping your butt cheeks in Charmin Ultra Soft. They feel like a warm hug and a blowjob on your butt cheeks. It's like if the Lord himself came down just to grab my ass. It's like these son of a bitches are made out of puppy fur and smiles. I don't want you to think I'm kidding. And there he is wearing the fleece lined leggings. I tell you what, can somebody get me some fleece lined leggings? You know, I was watching, um, I was watching Welcome to Wrexham, the uh, show that takes place. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds, you know, bought a um, soccer team. They call it football footy in Wales. And uh, uh, this soccer team, a lot of the guys wear sports bras. And it made me think, are sports bras supposed to just be for women? Are they for men too? It's like, have I been going my whole life now? Maybe maybe I need to be running in a sports bra. Maybe I need fleece line leggings. Like, like, I don't even know my left from my right, my ass from my elbow. What should I be doing out there? Ladies, let me know if there's any fleece line leggings that you know that uh, might work well uh, uh, in male, you know, in maybe some camo colors. Because look, if I'm going to wear some girly fleece line leggings, at least I can do is man it up with some camo. I'm totally kidding. I'll wear it in whatever color you got. Oh, all right. Well, we got another feel good story to get to revolving around the show Survivor, and we'll have that right after the break. All right. It's true, folks. Survivor winner. I'm not going to say who it was in case, you know, you're maybe a few seasons behind, but the I guess, I guess this story was from a few months ago where he pledged to donate all of his earnings to charities. And then yesterday actually made good on that and showed all of the money he's donating. Survivor winner, name redacted, donates full million dollar prize to charity. The season 43 contestant is the first winner 
in the show's history to donate his entire cash earnings. One year ago, he shocked his fellow finalists and fans alike when he won Survivor 43, but he surprised everyone in the reunion when he revealed what he intended to do with his new million-dollar cash flow, donate it entirely to charities that supported veterans in need. And now the heart valve specialist has confirmed he did just that. Did just that. We did it. The entire million dollars from Survivor Season 43 has been donated, he posted on Twitter. There is still much more work to do to bring our veterans all the way back home. God bless everyone, and God bless the USA. He proceeded to post a picture of 25 different charities, including Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions, No Fallen Heroes Foundation, and Canines for Warriors. So how about that for a great season right there of Survivor. You know, over the pandemic, I I watched Survivor when it came out years ago. I loved the premise. It was when reality TV was kind of brand new. It was one of the first like reality TV shows, right? Well, the winner of it, Richard Hatch, was actually from my hometown in Rhode Island. And so, you know, it was a fun show to watch and maybe I watched a season or two. But boy, have things changed. You know, you, if you go back to those early seasons of Survivor, it's just terrible quality. I mean, it's just, you know, it's an old show. Oh, they they didn't even back then they didn't even sell the DVD set right you, you know there were, were were there even DVDs oh, I sound like an old guy in my day Survivor was a live action show it was a play you had to go see down at the uh, the river <laughs> but either way I, uh, over the pandemic we you know what's interesting we just started watching old seasons of Survivor and I'll tell you what I ate a a crazy amount of potatoes during the pandemic I don't know what it was uh, maybe it was something in my DNA from the potato famine got tricked in with the pandemic pandemic happening, but I was like, well, I need hearty food. You know, you, you, you go to the grocery store and you, I just bought a bunch of canned beans and potatoes and I ended up eating and I ended up gaining a lot of weight too. Those early days of the pandemic, you know, we'd watch Survivor till four or five in the morning. Next thing you know, I was sleepwalking, looking for immunity idols. It was like, it was a, it was a real crazy time out there, but boy, has the production value just gotten insane on that show. It's, it's so much more a chess match than it used to be. You know what I mean? Either way, the show's still going on strong. It's probably the only reality show I would go on. And boy, I mean, the only thing I can think about on going on that show is how how uh, it'd be a nice little diet after uh, all of those potatoes. You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, you know, I've been I've been uh, toying around through this made made me smile subreddit, and I found this old clip I wanted to share with you. It, this is Steve Irwin, the late great Steve Irwin, talking about meeting his wife Terry for the very first time. Can't we all fall in love with someone the way that Steve Irwin fell in love with Terry? Have a listen. I thought this man is the most incredible guy I have ever seen. He's probably married. He's got to be taken. When I saw Terry in the crowd, I looked up. And our eyes met. And my heart just went bang, 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 bang. Just started thumping. It was love at first sight. I know this sounds like it's coming out of some Mills and Boone love novel. But it's true. Love at first sight. Next thing, whoa. I remembered where I was. Agro is trying to kill me. So I wound up the demo. Yep, thanks for coming. And then she stayed back and talked to me. He said hello. And I think I said something really clever like hi. And crikey, our love just went ballistic. And at that precise moment, Lori took a photograph of us. Now, that photo I still have to this day, and it is the funniest moment. I don't know if there's many married couples who have a photo of the exact moment they first met, but I'm lucky enough to have that shot. 
You know, I got to say, I'm also lucky. That was Steve Irwin, born in 62, died in 2006. Can you believe it's been that long? I actually have a photo from the first day I met my wife while on uh, on a movie set. And it is a special time. And I can tell you, crikey, my heart was beating out of my chest. <laughs> There's a bad accent there. But I can tell you, I felt the same way. And if that doesn't make you smile, then you're not going to have a good day, folks, because that's a good story out there. Well, look, I know you're going to have an excellent day. We have a lot to get into. I'm going to cover it all on YouTube. I'm going to be live on Patreon. If you work somewhere and you want some private bonus content at 10 a.m. Pacific time, I go live and uh, that's on patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget, you can still donate to any of our teach, uh, any of our moms in need, excuse me, single moms and dads out there on our wish list for Christmas. It's not too late to donate. So that list will be available below as well. Well, we'll be back this afternoon for the other rush. But in the meantime, have a good day. I'm Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.